Welcome to the Swim Swim Podcast. I'm today's host, Coleman Hodges. Joining us today, the head coach and associate head coach of Arizona State Swimming and Diving, Bob Bowman and Herbie Bain. Bob, Herbie, how's it going? Going great. Thanks for having us. Yeah, great. Thank you. Excited to sit down and chat with you. ASU has been making a lot of noise this season, and uh, I'm just ex- excited to sit down and get an update from Tempe from you all. Um, we're going to get to this, the swimming side of it and the competition side of it in a minute. But first, you guys went through some coaching changes. Um, Rachel Stratton Mills, who was uh, your associate head coach, went to Northwestern to head up their men's and women's swimming and diving programs. And I'm curious, you you made a couple of coaching hires, you promoted your volunteer to assistant coach. um, But I'm curious how that's changed just the the energy and the structure of coaching on deck at ASU. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot. But (laughs) we're so happy for Rachel, number one. She certainly deserves that position and has done an amazing job here. And we're excited to see what she does at Northwestern. But what her departure allowed us to do was basically reorganize the whole team. And, you know, there's been a dynamic over the last several years about, you know, the men's team, the women's team, where are they in their trajectory? And everybody knows about the men because they've done pretty well. And the women are some steps behind. And there are a couple reasons for that, um, that, you know, if if you look at it, it kind of makes sense. You know, the first thing was in 20, 2020, I guess, the COVID year, right? The women were pretty much where the men were. Like we had had a, a very good um, Pac-12 championship where Emma Nordima 433, Sierra Rungi 434 on no rest, no shave, no nothing, because I was saving it for the NC2As, which didn't happen, right? So I'm very confident we would have been a top 10 team there. Right. And then we could have built off of that. Well, what happened was everything stopped for COVID. And as good as the COVID redshirt year was for our men, it was probably as bad for our women because a lot of these women were at the end of their careers and extending it another year did not help them. Sierra never swam again. Cam Curry never swam again. So we had all these people that could have really helped us and put us in the picture left. And then after that, during this process, We had already made the decision internally in 2020 that we were going to split the programs. We were going to go, Herbie and I were going to take the men. Rachel was going to take the women, Derek. We're going to kind of go at it like that. So behind the scenes, we were doing things where we were putting more women's only groups, men's only groups, the recruiting. Herbie and I were very heavily focused on the men. Rachel was heavily focused on the women. And So that's kind of how we got into this situation where I was more focused on the men than I was because I didn't want to recruit people who were coming here to swim for me and say, hey, by the way, we're cutting the program. I'm over here now. So that's where we were in 2020, 2022. And as we moved through, we kind of all got together and decided that it didn't seem like that was really going to be the best thing for us to do for ASU. That we talked to people where programs had been together, had split our back together. We did a lot of research. And we decided that 
we think it's much better for us to run a combined program. And when Rachel left, we basically changed all of the groups because Herbie and I, I coached one woman and he coached none the last two years, right? So now we're every group on our team has men and women in it. And it's just been so much better. Would you agree? Oh yeah. What do no, you it's think? Been, it's been super fun. I think it um, kind of adds a whole new energy to what we have. I think it's, I mean, we're always trying to change how we do things and make it new and just having new people in the groups have been been really fun and seeing how well they've been doing has has been a lot of fun also um so yeah i mean i personally have been having a blast with that yeah me too and you know i think one of our concerns was that the women would be kind of overwhelmed by the men because they're kind of on this level and these crazy things are happening in practice and in the meets and it's just been the opposite. They've been uplifted. Like we've already swum times that we swam at Pac 12s in the relays for the women. Yeah. Like in the first two dual meets. And to be honest, I think our NC State dual meet with the women was our best meet we've had since I've been here. So we're definitely, I think, seeing the benefits of having a more integrated combined program uh, with all the coaches involved on both sides. Mm -hmm. So that's probably our biggest change. That's uh that's fascinating to hear. I mean, I I think with a college team, what I've come to realize is that there's I mean, there's so many moving parts, right? It's a big team, big coaching staff. You have, I don't know, somewhere between sixty and sometimes seventy athletes between the men and the women. And so, when you have a combined program, there's so many different ways to do these things, right? And it's great to hear about experimenting with one way and then saying, okay, maybe this isn't working. Let's try this thing. Yeah. Um, and so that's really great to hear. Uh, I know we had at some point you had, you had the fruit groups, right? You had yeah. mangoes, you had apples, oranges, I think. So now what is the the training structure and the group structure look like on, on a week to week basis in training? We still have the fruit groups, yeah. but we've kind of modified them. Herbie, you want to go through yeah. them? Yeah, we've got, um, a lot. It'll be a test to remember. <laughs> we've got um, a mango group, which is my group. We've got coconuts, which is Austin's group. We've got limes, that, that's Derek's group. We've got mandarins, that is um, Alex's group. I might be missing. Yeah, yeah, no, that's right. That's <laughs> right. Um, Logan's the grapefruits. Bob is the oranges. And in reality, a lot of people are just kind of like VH flashes where they're mixing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we got a lot of mixing this time. This year, we got a lot of mixes. Yeah. So that's good. So it's not, it's it's really like, I think it's a good thing. There's not quite as much um, identity into what the group is, yeah. you know, because so many people are are moving back and forth. And it's, it's like, it's been really good because it's still... I mean, we always did those groups to try and make it as individualized for those people. So we have like competition and kind of specificity and individuality in one group. But now there's, we're kind of, I think it's because we're learning kind of each other's strengths and weaknesses as a coaching staff. And then looking at each individual's um, strengths and weaknesses, we can kind of put them in different places for different days of the week or periods of time. Um and we're constantly reassessing that because it's, um, I mean, people are constantly changing. So we're having to constantly change what the plan is as well for each person. Um, but like we said, it's been, it's been really cool to see 
to see that and to have, um, we all have kind of different days of the week that are different emphases and putting people in that kind of adds a new excitement because it's, um, I know some of the kids who've been here for now five years now or even longer than that, um, it's kind of been like reinvigorating. I mean, somebody like, yeah. like Jack Dolan's a good example who's on his fifth year where he's been here the whole time. Um, and now he's been swimming really his best times ever. Like every dual meet has been right at his best times ever. Um, and I think part of that is because of, it feels like a whole new new team in a very good way because it's just so much different types of energy that I think, um, yeah, it's important. So it's not just repeating the same thing every single year. Yeah. Yeah. So in terms of, I know you said th there's not as much of an identity per fruit group. Um, so I guess another thing that happens on a week to week basis is that like, do you have certain days where you know what the focus will be of, of the, of any given workout on that day? Every day, every day of the week, we okay. know what yeah. each of us is doing and mm -hmm. how that fits into the plans for the, the kids that we got. Like, I'll give you a, an example of how this works and it's worked really well um, so far. I mean, we'll see. We haven't seen the greatest the end, end result yet, but it's definitely moving. And you'll you'll know soon. But um, Simone Manuel, right? Sprinter, right? So she came in, started out with me because she was pretty far behind in a fitness level, right? So she started doing more aerobic type work. Um, and we built it up over a period of time. And then we started adding sessions over with Herbie, right? So she could have a little more power and sprint work. And then kind of midway through last year, we just said, why don't you just make the switch to Herbie? So she was kind of all with me and then she was kind of in the middle and then she did all Herbie for a while. And it, it didn't really, we just didn't feel like she was continuing to make progress doing that. So now she's back on the thing. I think right now her system is, yeah, I know it is. It's five times with me, four times with Herbie and it's working great. Yeah. And she's getting the power work with Herbie and the specific sort of, very high quality sprinting near the end of the week. We did that deliberately. And then she's getting the more kind of threshold based work that she really did in high school and wanted to kind of continue with me in the four days in the early part of the week, first four days of the week. And it's worked great. And when you see her, you're going to know it's working. She has made tremendous progress. Am yeah. I right? Yeah. Right. It's, it's been pretty exciting to see. And I think it's, we'll, We'll find out. We'll find out. But like, I'm, I'm very optimistic about it. But that's a good example, right? Then we have people like Olivia. Olivia spent a whole year with me, 100%. Then she did, she's working on her second year with Herbie, 100%. And that's exactly the right thing for her to do. She got a good luck kind of background, like transition from Georgia to here with me. And now she's doing the Herbie stuff, which she responds to perfectly. So we have a lot of different variations of that and different, there's kind of a spectrum, I guess, of those things. But the new way we've got it makes it a lot easier to do those things mm. with the college people. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm always curious about this again, because it's such a big team. Yeah. Um, you know, can you talk about the, the dialogue that goes in, or I guess the, the two way um, street relationship you develop with these athletes, especially if they're, you know, again, new to this system, if they're, if they're just getting there, if they're not like a Jack Dolan who, you've seen kind of progress under, under your various systems for a while. Um, you know, how do you, how do you make those decisions of like, okay, today you're going to be here tomorrow. You're going to be here. Today's a coconut. Tomorrow's a, a yeah. mandarin. 
want to do that one? Yeah. Um, I really, it's like kind of up to us as in the staff, as well as them to constantly just be evaluating what we're doing. There's a lot of stuff that we do where we're like recording the times and keeping track of that. So that's something where if we need to look back at how each individual is progressing, we have concrete data on that. Um, but it's also very much up to us to just constantly be be looking and seeing how they're doing. Um, I mean, some specific examples is like, I mean, two of our like seniors slash fifth years, David Schlick and Alex Colson, have class conflicts. So we have this kind of middle of the day, Wednesday practice. They're kind of both groups are almost always doing fast quality stuff. Um, and it was like, okay. Bob, we're going, because his change, where it was like, okay, this Thursday, they're going to be suiting up. And I was like, okay, well, we're also suiting up today. Do we want them doing both? And it's like, yeah, let's let's see how they do. All that was this. actually, yeah. You yeah. know, we love the suits here. So, yeah. anyway. <laughs> so yeah, it's it like, awesome. okay, let's see how they do that on two days back to back of very high intensity, when normally it's like a really high yeah. intensity, a really kind of more high volume, very low intensity. Um, but that's where it's like making the individual choice of, okay, both of these guys have a pretty high capacity. They can maintain, they, they should be able to do that. And it's kind of a different type of test knowing like, okay, their Friday will probably be a little easier. We're not just going to slam them every yeah. single day. <laughs> um, but then the same thing, like that same week, it was okay. The reverse for, for Simone, where yeah. she was like, okay, she's going to do Wednesday, that was easy, like low intensity with Bob, then come do another low intensity yeah. with me. Then Friday afternoon, Saturday were really high quality and, and fast for her. And it was like, okay, just based on the previous couple of weeks, what we've seen, what we've learned about her, that's the better call for the, the whole week. And kind of keeping that in mind is, is really important in how we do that. And it's like kind of understanding each individual's capacity um, in all these different different things and then knowing obviously what's coming later in the week is important so it's not just making up like hey this set looks kind of good like something they'll be yeah. good at yeah. it's like what will allow for that constant work but never overwork yeah I, so you you brought up the the suits and wearing you know just wearing suits often um, right. and we've talked about the the reason why that did you wanted to do that and you know wear suits and dual meets and i think i think at this point most colleges are um or a lot of programs around the country are wearing suits in practice mm -hmm. often yeah. um how do you feel like you you've done this now for a while what do you feel like you gain from that or, or how do you feel like this experiment has panned out so far well you know Last year, we did not, we wore training suits the first semester in the dual meets. And then we suited up for all the second semester. And we really liked that. So this time we just suit up for all the meets. <laughs> we just did it this whole year. And I don't know, we suited up against NC State. They were happy to do it. And Georgia was happy to do it. And I don't think anybody felt bad about those meets. That it wasn't like awesome. Yeah. Right? Herbie, explain why we're yeah. doing it again. I mean, the... Our reasoning why is like every meet, it's giving feedback to what we're doing and how we're developing. Obviously in, in swimming, we're a sport to where we wanna peak at the right time. And that's the most important thing. Um, 
and getting the actual information of how you've progressed through the season is is important. And when you have all of these meets unsuited and then say, oh, look, everyone went best times at the most important meet. It's like, well, obviously, because like, first off in a dual meet, it takes about two hours. You're swimming four times in two hours. And then you go to a prelims final meet where you're swimming one race a day. Um, so there's already kind of some change in what you're looking at. But if you have the like consistent feedback as to, okay, every time you're in the same suit, your same just thing that you're going to be doing. Like it's, you're comparing the same thing rather than comparing apples and oranges. So that's what we think. And it's in, in my honest opinion, I think it's rarely the swimmers who don't want to suit up. It's the coaches who don't want to face the reality that their, their training might not be good. Cause it's like, I mean, I know for a fact there's been times in the past where I've had a kid go really fast without a suit on. And then we put a suit on, shave, and they just go a little bit faster. And the reality is they got worse in the taper phase. So like I messed that up, but they got, they dropped a 10th and a 53. And it's like, well, you know, it still worked. Like you still went a season best. And it's like, no, you didn't. Cause you right. went, you didn't have a suit on it <laughs> at that dual meet. Um, so actually looking at that kind of shines the light on the coach if they're if the training is working and then we get better feedback on that each time and each season we'll understand how we're doing rather than like okay we're not wearing suits at all until this very last meet where everybody's going to feel good about themselves but is that a true peak or have we just lowered kind of all the other peaks throughout the season well, <laughs> I, I love that perspective because um, it it is interesting. We we've you know internally talked about this that it's like well if you don't suit up for dual meets then yeah you're you you have times down here and then there's this huge upswing of times right when you get to for instance a mid season meet or a championship meet you put a suit on you shave da 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 but it's like well. I'd rather have like times up here and then only get a little bit faster at a, at a big meet, but that from a fan's perspective, that just keeps right. it exciting the whole season. Right. Yeah. It's just, oh. it's better spectating. And I think the other thing that I actually think is probably the most important part is like when we go to these meets, I, I know I remember what it felt like to where it's like, okay, we get one meet a year to wear a suit, shave, have an actual opportunity to go a best time and there was so much pressure on that meet. And the thing that I specifically remember thinking was like, like I, I don't feel like I know how to handle this pressure because it's all new rather than like right now to where it's okay. It's October for these previous meets. Like you're going to put a suit on and we're seeing where you're at. Yeah. It's it's a lot of pressure at that point and it's kind of hard for the coach to be like, "Hey, I'm going to add pressure to the swimmer because a lot of times they don't want that." <laughs> yeah. But that's what's preparing them to to figure out how to handle that and it is looking at the reality of this time and it means something. And you can't say, "Oh, well, I'm going to put a suit on and it's going to fix it." It's like, "No, you this is where you are. If you want to go 41 and 100 free and you just go 45 2 you can't say, oh, I'm going to put a suit on. And I always drop three seconds when I put a suit on. It's like, no, yeah. you, this is, this is where you are. And that can be difficult, but I think that's more preparation to where 
you're not just putting your faith in something outside of yourself, like the suit or the new suit or whatever it is. You're like figuring out how to handle it on your own. And it removes a lot of the superstitions of that. Cause I know that's a big part of our sport of yeah. like, when these meets come, it's like, okay, I have to have a brand new suit that I cut the tag off. When I get to the pool, like put it on for the first time, I got to drink this pre-workout at this time. And like, it's just crazy. (laughs) So trying to like remove that early, like all the time. So every time it's like, oh, wow, you just win a best time here. Why was that? Was it because of how you prepared? Was it how you swam the race? And you're getting more just experience a lot faster rather than um, just hoping. Yeah. It holds everybody accountable. We're accountable because we're going to know what the training's actually doing because all things are equal, right? The suits are equal. and But it holds them accountable because they can't hide behind, well, when I put a suit on, I'll be fat. No, you're going to, here it is. Do it today or don't. But, you know, <laughs> I, I love that aspect of it and it's been real successful for us and we're going to keep doing it. Yeah. <laughs> Similarly, that's why I always liked uh, when pro, when you would hear about like, uh, on a, in a world cup circuit or, you know, a meat circuit like that, when, um, when pros you'd hear about pros shaving. Right. Um, and obviously suiting up as well, but that, that to, to Herbie's point, that always freaked me out. Right. When I, when I would have to shave and it's like, this feels so different. Right. Um, but it's like, then you hear about people shaving, which takes a whole lot more work. And I'm not yeah. saying people should shave for every meat, but you practice doing it, right? You get the reps in. So it's not this uncomfortable stimuli that turns into pressure. So uh, you've had a few dual meets, as you mentioned so far this season. So how do you feel like those have gone? Um, I can gush about from a fan's perspective, how they've gone, but uh, what do you guys think in terms of what you've seen from the swimmers you're familiar with, as well as some of, some of the newcomers, uh, who have who are new to this system and just kind of getting into it? I'm could not be more pleased. Yeah, I mean, you know, there are always races you think they can do better. There are technical things that can be corrected. Some people maybe can use a different strategy, but the overall effort and energy and frankly, the results have been anything we could hope for. You know, it's not like we don't do the training and we just like we're it's not like the other thing about the suits is they think when you wear a suit, you spend three weeks resting and then you put on the suit. No, we have 16K on Monday and Tuesday and then they swim the meat with the suit on. But it's um, so I've been very pleased with those results. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, same thing. It's um, it's been really cool to see and specifically like with um, some of the women. Like I remember our last meet, this girl Indigo Armand, who's had a very good season so far she was like every race i've had so far this season has been a lifetime best and <laughs> literally everyone because it was like even okay that's time in the individual let off the relay a couple hundreds faster like two meets in a row so it's like okay the streak might end but it's pretty solid <laughs> pretty solid start so far i mean you know we're at one of these early meets i think it was georgia right and um we were not too thrilled with either one of our men's relays, right? They went, they swam really pretty well, right? We're like, hey, are you guys going to get it together? Come on, step up this, this, and this. And they're like, oh, yeah, they both made the A cup for NCAAs, which used to be like a dream. We didn't think anybody, we'd have to go to a Pac-12s and give yeah. everything to try to do it. We're like, oh, well, maybe that's not too bad. But still, you can be a lot better than that. Like, yeah. don't just do, settle for that. 
<laughs> so that's 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 kind of a funny um, yeah. juxtaposition, and I'll get into a few specifics after this question. But yeah. it's kind of fun. It's like how how do you deal with where those two? So you've combined the training for men and women, but then how do you kind of balance that where the men are obviously you know vying for a national title this year? You know, like yeah. they're at that level where it's like, guys, come on. You got to do better. <laughs> oh, you just went the A cut. Where, where then yeah. the women? We try not are... to tell them anything is too good, right? Yeah, like, you're not that good. Come on, right. you do way better. Right. Whereas, as the the women are going best times, and it's I, mm-hmm. I feel like it might be easy as a coach to be like, that was great, like all right, but but then there you still want to mm-hmm. elevate them and, and get them to to set their sights on like, okay, you know, here, here's what we want in the future, right. Well, it's a step-by-step thing, right? And, you know, I, I really think it's the same with both, but you just kind of use it. It's just on a different little time scale. Yeah. Would you agree with that? Yeah, 100%. Like, it, I think it's re- pretty exciting to where, um, like, when we swam NC State, it was, like, we knew it was going to be really close and competitive with the men, and we kind of knew it was heavily favored to NC State there. Um, on the women's side, but getting to where it was like, okay, competitive in, in really every single race on that men and women um, was a lot of fun. And it's kind of like, I mean, I kind of think of it, it's, it feels a lot like the men a couple years ago when it was like, okay, chasing, like, okay, if we beat this team, it's going to be a really good and exciting thing. Um, and on the men's side, it's kind of like, okay, if we we ever lose it's going to be very disappointing <laughs> yeah right um, like so yeah it, it's 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 kind of a fun balance to where um and I, I think it helps the women as well because every team that comes at least every combined team is like the men's side is really knowing like okay they're going to put suits on they're going to do this stuff that some, <laughs> some people will probably piss them off so they're like ready to go um but the girls have responded so well to that. Yeah. Like, I mean, we beat NC State in that 400 free relay at the end where it was like, like it's a pretty big thing to where like they had Catherine Burkoff. I know they had some people at Pan Ams, but they had um, a really talented team to see our girls like step up and go a really fast time. And win some individual events. Yeah. You know, stuff we have not been doing. So, yeah, that's, was, that's where we focus our energy. Good job on that but yeah. let's go faster this way yeah because i like i guess in reality i think it's not um that much different for for anybody because i think what's, what's really good about our whole culture and environment is like every person on the team like literally every single person is totally into being the best possible swimmer they can be there's some of the men who it's if they get a chance to swim at pac 12s that will be like their lifetime achievement some are obviously trying to break world records and things like that, but it's where every single person has that viewpoint. Um, it makes it to where, in a way, not worried too much about the results of that. And that's what we're trying to get yeah. them to understand. And it 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 does, I think it kind of helps when it's, okay, the team goals are slightly different outcome, but we're all trying to figure out how to do the process the same way. Yeah. Um, and... Yeah, it's been it's been really fun to kind of expand that because I think that's what's helped our team get to where it is. It's like, okay, a few years ago it started where there's maybe seven or eight people realistically who could do anything at an NCAA level. 
Um, and then it's kind of expanding that out. And it's not only us teaching how to how to do that, but now it's like, okay, the whole kids teach each other and they're all kind of working together in that. And like everyone has such a different set of skills that it makes it it fun and very rewarding because now when it's even bigger to where okay now there there really is like you have 70 teammates who all have kind of a different different skill set different things they're working on different things they're working towards and everybody's kind of bought into that okay we're just trying to get ourselves to the highest spot possible um that makes kind of the the results take care of themselves yeah yeah i'm i'm excited just listening to this (laughs) i'm like all right let's go grow a team but (laughs) all right um so on a specific note i i do have to ask about Ilya karoon who's just come in broken school records uh gone ncaa leading times at one point um what what if how how did he do it you know we we knew he was he was a world level swimmer um coming into your program and obviously what rod has done at the sandpipers kind of speaks for itself um but what have you guys seen from Ilya that has i don't amazed you surprised you really impressed you um i I guess in training and in racing because you know he kind of he's kind of come out swinging and it seems like his momentum has just carried over since yeah um well obviously he's a very talented young man, but Ron and, and Sam Pipers gave him the background, right? Amazing, right? So he has an excellent work ethic. Uh, he's very tuned into the process that we we're trying to raise. We got a little, um, you know, Ron and I had discussed it and it really worked well. Uh, he actually came to us in June of last year so I could do a table with him at Worlds to get ready for this coming year, right? So, you know, he was with us for a while. So we, we know him a little better than we know some of the other freshmen that just came in. So he kind of seamlessly fit into what we're doing um, because he's got that kind of, he, he can handle aerobic work. He can do the quality work. He knows that, you know, how all that stuff goes, but um, he's really improved technically. We've improved a lot of his turns. We're working on his breakouts, a lot of things like that. And he's a kind of kid. I'll give you a real specific example. Um, he uh, Monday, he did 16,000, eight in the morning and about an hour and 42 minutes, just kind of mixing, swimming, kicking, pulling. It wasn't anything special, but it was moving along. At night, we did a very hard set where they did um, four 100s on a minute freestyle, and he averaged about 50. I was on him about being 51s and 52s. So he's mainly 52s. Um, then they did two 100s easy on 120, six 50s fast on 50, and then two 50s fast, easy on a minute, right? Eddie put it on your, you put up Eddie's set. That's his set. I, I keep doing it over and over. But anyway, we did four rounds of that. And each round was a different stroke. So they did a flyback rest free of the uh, six fifties. And then the free was all on a minute. And he was super good. So that was 8K. He was going like 22s by the end of the fly. He was like 24 and fives on back. This is weak thing. Pretty good on breast. And then on free, he was going like 22s. So high quality, big volume, 16K. The next day, he did 7,000 7, long course meters. 10 300s was the main set. It, it was just kind of a basic thing. And I didn't ask too much, but he started like 316. He ended up at like, I think, 304 or five. So not amazing, but not terrible, right? Um, that, that was the main thing. Then they did it was about 6,000 in the morning, pretty low key, technically focused, right? Wednesday morning. 
And then Wednesday night, we did a little thing that I like to call a speed check, which we do every now and then. I haven't even done it this year. This is the first one. And the way it works is they warm up like it's a meet. They suit up. And then they time 150, 100, and a 50 every 15 minutes. So we did it by strokes. He did fly, right? So he did 150 fly. And he was 112.7 out in 46.9. Then he swam down, came back for his 100, 44.7. Another school record. That's the second one. And then he swam down. And then he came back for a 50, 19, 6, 50 fly from a dive. So that's how he's so good. He's got speed and he can do the long stuff. He can do everything. It's very uh, Leon. Is this, timing, right? is this coach's watch? Or <laughs> it's coach's watch. But I mean, how far off am I at 19, 6? Maybe it's 19, 8. Sorry. I, yep. No, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> got to be under but yeah he's, he's pretty solid on those and um but that's got he's a very special kid he's got that kind of speed all the time and he can do the big training so you put those together you can start doing some kind of amazing things and you know i think he can be a lot better he's only scratching the surface so the, i mean this is a maybe you don't have an answer for this but you know the i i'm sure you've seen several of these athletes but there are you know some kids who do not swim that fast in the season and then go really fast in the season. There are some athletes who just yeah. swim fast all year round. I think mm -hmm. there are several of those athletes at Arizona state yeah. suit or no suit, right? Yeah. Is there, is there a common denominator for that? Or is there something that you notice through those athletes where it's like they can, when the time comes, they're going to go fast no matter what. I don't know. I think there are a lot of factors into that. And I think a lot of it's our training program. You know, there's this wild, I think there's a kind of strongly held belief out there that you can't do hard training and swim fast. Michael was always close to his speed. He hardly ever went to a meet where he didn't swim pretty well. And he did 80,000 a week all the time, right? You know what I mean? It's like what you're adjusted to, what you're adapted to, how that's being you know, the work we did early in the week, Monday, very hard. Tuesday was aerobic, but it was long. Kind of set them up to do something yesterday, right? And it wasn't just Ilya. Everybody was fast. Everybody. Reagan went 117, 150 back yesterday, which I thought was insane. And then she did a mediocre 49-1 right after that. So, okay, like, can you just get it going? You should be going 48. But it's like, I think when they're like that and they're very fit, and they're used to a program and you plan it the right way, you can manipulate it so they can be at their speed during that. And I think we we do that pretty well. Yeah, that's where it goes back to the individual capacity and understanding that. And that's why we have these kind of different groups because there's some people who might be a two or 400 swimmer who like a 16K, they're not prepared for it, even it. though they're, they're good at that race. Yeah. That's raising the individual's capacity, not saying, Every person has to do exactly what Ilya did to to swim those times. It's like okay, if they can, they'll probably swim pretty fast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> if they can't, it's not like just killing them isn't going to get them there. We have to give them one step in front of what they currently have in order for them to keep climbing up. And then they get to a point to where they're doing stuff like what what Ilya does and what several other kids on the team yeah. are able to do. But it's not. Um, it, it's like creating a program that allows their talent to actually shine while still building up. Just like what he said, it's not like overly trying to um, fit a certain thing. Like 
kind of thing a lot of colleges do are like, oh yeah, like you'll come here, you'll never do a threshold set and you'll, we'll only do sprint stuff. And it's like, why are you, why? Like, <laughs> it's like after four years of doing, even if like, okay, I like, I like a lot of my sets, but if we do them all the time for four whole years, like by the end of that, the kids aren't going to be getting anything from it. So it's knowing like how to change that yeah. and give the athlete what they need to keep taking steps forward rather than like, okay, here's what we do here. And it works for everybody. And it's great. Cause like, well, that might work in recruiting, but then a year or two down the road when it stops working, yeah. <laughs> you have to kind of face the reality. I mean, well, the, I was just thinking we have the opposite of a Simone too. Probably our one of our best 500 guys, if not our best one, is five times with Herbie and four times with me. Because <laughs> he doesn't do well on the 16. <laughs> it never has. We tried it for years. It doesn't work. So and and so far he's done pretty well. Yeah. So it's all about the individual and what we can do to help them keep progressing. Mm -hmm. uh that this this was an enlightening answer so i'm glad i asked that a question long one. sorry no that's that's exactly what i wanted because i as we were talking about one of our one of the topics before i was i was just thinking about the traditional in swimming okay train hard get in a hole come out of hole taper go fast time you know it's like that's uh I'm I'm glad to see that that's not the only way <laughs> to, to do things in swimming. Um, speaking of Reagan Smith, though, yeah. she she broke an American record by a sizable margin pretty recently. Um, can you give me your coaching expertise and analysis on that rate? You know, obviously, I think Reagan is one of those athletes who swims fast a lot. Um, we yeah. said we yeah, we've seen her yeah. several seasons just tear yeah. it up in the pro swims. Um, and, and, you know, she can go fast a lot, but, uh, especially after that 203, 200 meter butterfly we saw from her last summer, um, what did you think of this 148.3 in a dual meet by herself? I think it was very logical and you just knew it was going to happen. Like seeing her train the weeks leading up, like, we were just doing these sets like the one I described with Ilya and she'd be going 25 flat or 24 high for fifties fly over and over and over. Right. I actually told the, the pool, uh, we were going to have like um, more than one person swim in the heat. I was like, no, Reagan has to swim by herself because the time needs to count and you got to have the guy ready to measure the pool after I did it all before. Cause I was like, something's going to happen here. I told these guys, this is going to be ridiculous. You just kind of know. Um, so she's just training on a high level, which is nothing new, right? But we're trying to, you know, keep that going. We've learned a lot about how she needs to prepare, I think, for the major meets. And we're going to be working on some things to make sure that we get that right. That's what I didn't get right last summer. Um, but yeah, it wasn't a surprise at all. If you saw her training, you would, you'd be like, well, of course she's going to, why didn't she go 147? I mean, I don't, you know, it's, She's just that kind of swimmer and she's just a good fit for what we do. Um, and we're a good fit for her in terms of that. She's very no nonsense. Like she hardly makes a peep. She just gets in and swims and then, you know, and then you'll be like, Hey, I thought that was pretty good. She's like, yeah, well, did you think so? I'm like, yeah, you went 10, 24 second butterflies. I think it's pretty good. You know, like she was like very self-effacing that way. So I love that. But um, yeah, I, I think it's just a logical thing this she's doing it yeah what what fruit groups is reagan she's an orange 
She's full orange. <laughs> she's full orange. I do think there's going to be a time where she does mango because I want her to kind of, but for the fall, we've been trying to put, if you look at an Olympic cycle and what happens as we kind of get closer, I, I want to put money in the bank in the fall. And that's what we've been focusing on. Like the, um, the pros, none of the people in my group, for whatever reason, I haven't even done a power set. Like there's been not a bucket, not an anything. It's just been kind of straight up capacity type training. Obviously, a lot of it has had some speed and we kicked a lot. Uh, and after this next little, you know, my pros are going to altitude Saturday until the U.S. Open. That's going to be a thing that they'll add to. They're going to start doing a little power work up there just to kind of touch it. And then my group, the college group, will full blown be into it after our invite in two weeks. So that's kind of how we do it. So they're just kind of putting money in the bank for the summer because you don't really have a big training time in the summer after NCAAs. It's kind of everything comes up quickly. Hmm. So I have a question. (laughs) Uh, This could be like totally just my swim swam brain going, oh, they're scheming. These coaches have all these these ideas and this is perfectly planned. But when your meet schedule came out, I noticed that all the fall dual meets were at home. And I was like, this is because they want to get their Olympic pre-Olympic year aerobic training in. They don't want to travel. This is totally Bob Bowman mastermind at work. Well, maybe it could be, it could be. That's, that's (laughs) a good way to think about it because we didn't really miss much. We didn't have to travel. So that was good. Yeah. That's true. Okay, fine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, so uh, to 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 wrap this conversation yeah. up, you've got you're going to NC State's invite in Greensboro for yeah. your college midseason meet in a couple weeks, and then you've I assume you've got pros going to U.S. Open in Greensboro yeah. uh, a couple weeks after that. Um, so again, you know, we talked about um, we talked about wearing suits in the season. We talked about kind of what the season's leading up to, um, where does mid-season, and I think historically the mid-season invite has meant a lot of different things to a lot of different teams. Yeah, sure. uh, what are you looking for, yeah, both both from the NC State invite and U.S. Open uh, from your swimmers at, at these two mid-season meets? I'll just do it quickly. I, I want to get a little bump in performance off of what they've done and they will get a short rest for that. We've kind of gone over that. It's like a one week thing in my group, you know, and for some events it's more because I think there are different requirements and different people. Some people will rest longer, but for the most part, I want to see what they will do on a short rest. Some will shave, some will not just kind of depends on who they are. Right. You know, Leon and, you know, Ilya probably not, you know, some of the other people will, um, but just a kind of a, give them a little bit more than they've had, but not everything. So we've had great success with that in the past. So many very fast times doing that. So, and it's the same at us open, the pros are going to have an altitude cycle. So they're going to come down and get a bump from that, hopefully. And um, then they'll get some rest going in, you know, four or five days going into us open and see how that works as well. So that's kind of what, you know, how fast can they swim on what we give them? right? We always try to tell the kids, it's not necessarily about the time you swim, it's how you got there, right? What was the process of getting there and how will that change then to make it better? What do you think? Yeah, kind of exactly that same thing. Like we kind of, I think it's 
incorrect when people say they have the exact plan of like the specifics of training throughout the whole thing but it's like this mid-season gives us a lot of feedback as to how they respond to rest who will need to rest more who will need to rest less who will need to do the same exact thing um but yeah going as fast as we can and then figuring out how to be better after that <laughs> You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swam podcasts on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.